you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home in your comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. You'll still miss out on some stuff we think are pretty fun and really important, like intergenerational community and support and encouragement by those around you and good music and adorable kids. And we won't be able to give you any cookies for cookie hour. Well, coffee hour, but we'll give you what we can. (laughs) Cookie hour is much more accurate though, isn't it? (laughs) It really is. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We are not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a brand new age. We are your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kids' soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, run your errands or keep running or maybe just snuggle up on the couch at home. And we hope that you will receive this with an open mind and an open heart. And we really want you to know that you don't need to agree with everything we say. In fact, we really want you to use your God-given brain to question, to discuss, and to figure out what you think. But our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Susan, this week was a weird week at church. That happens sometimes. Because, 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 because of the wonderful things God does. Can we no. co-op that go there. Okay. So because it was the all church retreat mm. and the all church retreat means that everybody, it's not just women, it's not just families, it's not just men. Everybody can go spend three days at Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get some spiritual nourishment and some rest and relaxation and restoration. It's their uh-huh. own little and some sh- dipping in the lake. Own little sheep pen. Oh my gosh, yes. The youth jumped in the lake. They do this every year. It's the pier jump. Normally they have to jump about 15 feet. This year it was about three feet. Right. Because the, like Lake Tahoe is at its beyond its natural rim, folks. Yeah, it's up high. And uh, the if kids... If you're from California or Nevada, you know that means... We got water. We got water. This kid jumped into the lake and his feet hit the water before his head cleared the dock. It was really funny. (laughs) But it was cold and rainy. Mm -hmm. And so it was cold and rainy when the kids jumped. All of the youth lined up along the dock. And five minutes after they got out of the water, which was about 10 seconds after they got in it, (laughs) it started snowing and the snow stuck. So it was a cold, snowy, rainy, sleety kind of weekend at Lake Tahoe, which is still beautiful up there. Oh, yeah. And our retreat was led by the Reverend Larry Holloway, who is the pastor at Bethel AME Church. Yep. Great guy. He's cool. We're buddies. And, um, you know, we were so grateful that he came to join us. And on Saturday, many people from his congregation came up and joined us for some of the program, which was great. And he really focused his, his work around John 17 and sort of the oneness that we have in Christ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how, you know, we're, we're also ready to focus on differences, but that we're all focused on the same goal. Right. So it was kind of cool. And I brought some of that back to the congregation. So I talked about the personality typing mm-hmm. kind of pseudo-psychology thing he had us do, which was we looked at four shapes and we decided which shape we were most attracted to. So if you're most attracted to a square or a triangle or a circle or a squiggly line... And he had us separate out by which, you know, what, which one of those groups that we found ourselves in. And then he told you about your personality type in that group. And so circles are 
people pleasers and squigglies are creatives who just want to have fun and <laughs> squares are exactly what you would expect. <laughs> Capital L7 data nerds and triangles are like the kind of leader types that just want to kind of get things done. And so, you know, it was kind of funny to see, you know, who's all in all these different groups and that our differences are not just the things that we see, but also the things that are inside of us, but that we all need each other to focus towards the goal. And so I was thinking about this and his theme, which was together we can. Mm -hmm. The other funny part is that I'll just share with you is that my well-meaning, big-hearted white people are not used to call and response and worship. (laughs) And so when Larry would say together... They we would, would all just wait for him to finish his sentence. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't realize that they needed to be like, we can back. And so it took them a while to figure it out. So it, he, the first time he did it, he just finished it himself. And then the second time he did it, he said, together, we. And it was like everybody at the same time went, together we can. Together we can. We know this one. We know this one. <laughs> and then by the end, they were beginning to pick it up. My congregation here, almost as if to prove that they were better than the people the, at the lake. On the retreat. Picked it up right really away. right away. Yeah. So yeah. it was very funny. So, you know, this Together We Can, I thought, oh, yeah, I can work with that. You know, I've heard some great things about that this week. And um, and so I'll just tie that into my sermon tomorrow. And then I turned on the news. Mm. And that was my mistake. Yeah. Because you think, man, Together We Can. And then you start hearing about politicians being stupid, stupid and making terrible decisions, decisions and... You wonder, man, can we? Can we? I don't know. Sometimes I doubt that. Yeah. But I don't want to. I want to have hope because I don't think we can do anything without hope. So I was thinking back to uh, what binds us together when we think maybe together we can't. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a pastor in Missouri who sent out an email to a bunch of people in the conference and to the clergy in the conference yeah saying you know we should all stop being so focused on what's going on at national politics level yep and we should just help our neighbor Mm. (sighs) sounds lovely sounds delightful to be ignorant you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. ignorance is bliss however not when 24 million people's health care is on the line yep and my friend wrote to me and said i don't even know what to do with this and i said well tell them your story yeah and her story is that without the ACA, she would lose medications that keep her alive. Yeah. And that's Scary. a big deal. That's not, it's not just like, well, help your neighbor. It's, you know, that's necessary to her existence. Existence. And so I said, tell him your story. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that, I hope that she wrote him back and told him her story because I think what happens when we refuse to hear each other's stories Mm -hmm. Is that together we can't do anything. Right. Because we're not together. Right. And, you know, very clearly he had a very narrow understanding of who his neighbor was and how he was going to help them. Yeah. Right. Like feed your neighbor. That's great. Make sure your neighbor has clothes. That's great. It becomes a lot harder to make sure your neighbor has health if you're the only person helping them. Right. Right? Because you're not going to pay for expensive medications for years and years Years and years. years. Like that's not... That's not how that, yeah. yeah. But that, that when we do this together, we can do... We can take care of everybody. Yeah. So anyway, so, so I was thinking about that. And um, Susan and I had the honor and privilege to go to a lecture at UNR. Yeah, it was a great lecture. It was a, uh, UNR is the University of Nevada, Reno, um, from a guy named Omid Safi, who is the professor of Muslim studies, Islamic studies at Duke and Middle Eastern studies at Duke. Uh, he's a fascinating guy. He's... Yeah. 
adorable. Oh I'm sorry gosh. if that's offensive. He is adorable. Right. He is just this kind of like tiny little roly poly dude that wears a hipster scarf and <laughs> like I just kind of love him. And uh, <laughs> you just kind of fall in love with him. He's funny and he's witty and he's intelligent and he doesn't take himself super seriously, which is nice. But uh, his lecture was about kind of Islam in America. Mm-hmm. And he had a lot of interesting things to say. Well, you know, like the fact, you know, I love the fact that he was like, yeah, by the way, our founding fathers knew that Muslims were among them. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, great. You know, he sort of talked about George Washington said, I don't care if what, well, I don't care if my slaves are. Well, actually, he says, I don't care if the craftsmen who build Monticello. Monticello. Right. I, mean, are, like, I don't care if they're Asian or white, white or, or Italian. I want the or, best. Or Muslim, I don't care. I just want good builders. Right. And um, so we sort of talked about like the founding fathers were not ignorant of Muslims being among them. And what, like a quarter of slaves who were brought over, Africans who were brought over in the slave trade were Muslim. So that was, that's been there since the beginning. Muslims have been here since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really. Very fascinating. Um, but some of his, his best stuff came out during the Q&A. Yeah. And one of the questions that he was answering was about. How do we navigate all of these differences Mm -hmm. that we see among us? Right. And he said, well, actually, differences are not what cause tension. He says, if you think about the people who most irritate you and most inspire you, who get get Get, at the heart of you. Like the sand in your gears. Yeah. They are not the people who are different from you. They're your family. Mm. And that's as close to you as you can get. Uh, So he really talked about it's not about differences. It's about whether or not we're willing to see our shared humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think he was trying to minimize difference in any no. way, but I think he was trying to say with all of our particularities, Please. we are still one. Right. And, and, and I love the way he kept saying, I love my babies. Yeah. And I have to believe, you know, I, I know that when I meet somebody else, they love their babies too. Yeah, exactly. That was his nobody his wants repeated, their babies. His repeated yeah. evidence of this point. We love our babies, and we all want our babies to be safe. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about yeah, like the, the differences are not what cause tension. It's it's not being able to see our shared humanity. And so one of the examples that he used was Martin Luther King, uh, Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, mm-hmm. and how these were two men who were very different who had very different approaches to the civil rights movement, Mm -hmm. um, who were both flawed in different ways and who both had great gifts to bring in different Mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. And that our civil rights movement is a child of both of them. Right. It's not just an MLK movement. It's not just a Malcolm X movement that we needed both of them to get where we were going. And they were wildly different. Right. But they had the same goal. He sort of talked about himself as the child of both mm-hmm. of these men. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a good image. Like we don't all approach problems the same way and we still need each other. Yep. My favorite thing that he did was go into the realm of uh, kind of fantasy literature yep. to explain some great, of this. It was great. It was great. And I wrote it down and immediately said, I've got to find a way to put this in my sermon on Sunday. Um, so I'm stealing this, blatantly stealing this from Omid Safi. Thank you, professor. You know, there's sort of two ways to see the world. You can see the world through the Lord of the Rings lens, or you can see the world through the Harry Potter lens. Mm -hmm. And in the Lord of the Rings lens, the good guys are the elves. They're tall, thin, and beautiful, and elegant, and blonde. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and even the hobbits are almost as good as elves. They're not really as good as elves, but the one hobbit who is, is part elf. Right. The the hero of the story is part elf. So the elves are the good guys. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can also see who the bad guys are, and they're 
the brown, muscly, unnamed masses that we call the orcs. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a few orcs, I could argue, that do have names. Mm -hmm. But just a couple. Just a couple. We don't really get into them very much. And so, like, the whole Lord of the Rings battle is really the elves and the hobbits and some of their stranger allies versus these orcs Mm -hmm. who are the bad guys. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And so that's one way to sort of look at the world. Like you are the good guys and there are bad guys and you're going to defeat the bad guys. And the other way to look at it is sort of through a Harry Potter lens. Mm -hmm. And the Harry Potter lens is recognizing that there's good guys and bad guys. You know, there's, there's guys who are trying to fix the world in different ways Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they see each other as good or bad, depending on that. Mm -hmm. But there's more nuance to it Mm -hmm. than that. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, even Harry and spoiler alert. Okay. If you haven't read the last book in the last last 10 years, years. I can't help you. (laughs) We're really concerned about you and we want you to turn off the podcast now and just go pick up the the books. Yeah. Just go read Harry Potter. But, um, but spoiler alert, spoiler alert for the seventh book, sixth book, seventh book, something in there. Part of Voldemort, who is the ultimate bad guy is in Harry, who is the ultimate hero. Mm -hmm. And so, it's not like there's just good guys and just bad guys. It's like the good guys all have flaws. Flaws. There's there's bad stuff in them. And and there's some good sometimes in the in the bad guys. And too. there's also good in the bad guys. We could do some more spoiler alerts, but we could talk about Snape. We don't yeah. need to do that. Um, but that there are these we're all these human beings who are mixed bags. That we all have beautiful gifts and we all have flaws, and you don't have to be perfect right. to do the work. Right. And the people that you see yourself pitted against are not all bad. There's something good in them, too. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't still fight for what you believe in. No. You do. But it does mean that it's not always so black and white. Right. So then he talked about the concept of jihad. Mm-hmm. And in our media, we understand jihad as the holy war where Muslim people fight right. against non-Muslim people to make them believers. Right. They- they, they kill the infidels. But that's not what jihad is. Nope. That is definitely not what jihad is. Jihad is the constant inner struggle of Harry Potter. Right. <laughs> against that little piece of Voldemort that is in his soul. Yeah. Jihad is the struggle that we all have every day, every moment of every day, to choose what is good and beautiful and loving, mm-hmm. even if it's not necessarily like... The thing that's in our best interest. Yeah. Like, right. even if it's sort of for the greater good, even if it's... Not easy. Sacrifice. Like it's, it's always easier to stay home and watch Netflix. It is always easier to stay home and watch Netflix. But sometimes we're called to go out. To go out through the gate. Go out through the gate. <laughs> sometimes we get called back out through it. And we get called back out into this world of imperfect people to do our part. Mm-hmm. And that's jihad. Jihad is yeah. that internal struggle to, to keep growing into a more loving, more kind, more generous person uh, throughout our whole life. And that's the Wesleyan concept of perfection. It is. We have this, right? Omid Safi is the most Wesleyan Muslim I've ever met. <laughs> it's probably that Sufi thing. But but he uh, he talks about this jihad and that that is our work. That's what we call sanctification. Right. And it's the idea that every day we get up and we try and grow a little bit more into the image of God. Yeah. And what I love about being a Wesleyan is that it, it doesn't mean that tomorrow I have to be perfect. Right. It means that tomorrow I have to I have to be a little bit more like God, right? And and have a little bit more of God's response to the world. A little and bit then more. As I love, practice that, a little bit more forgiveness, yes. a little, a little bit, bit more mercy, a little, a little bit, bit more passion for justice, justice, a little bit more all of that. So God is still working. God is still working through us, and so the scripture 
that all of this grew out of for me this week is from Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And uh, you would have heard it in more traditional versions translated as the cloud of witnesses. There's this great cloud of witnesses who is watching you. And not in a creepy way. <laughs> not like in that 80s, like, I'll be watching, watching you kind of way. But like in the like, they are cheering you on <laughs> while you run this race. And so it sort of talks about like, you know, casting off the weight that you've been training with, which right. is apparently running techniques haven't changed in 2000 years. <laughs> uh, casting off the weights on your ankles so that you can run this race even when you get tired because the goal is worth it right? and that Jesus has run this race before us. And so I'm just going to read it in the message version, which is a paraphrase. Um, so it doesn't talk about cloud of witnesses. It talks about all the fans that are cheering you on. Yeah. Which is a, which is a much, much, uh, yeah. Image for our brain. So, so it says this, it says discipline in the long distance race. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, this is after his litany of flawed heroes in the Bible, right? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Mm. And so this race that we're running, even when we get tired. Yeah. Even when we're exhausted, even when we hear politicians say stupid things, even when our relatives don't get it, even when we're irritated and annoyed, we are still focused on the goal. Yep. And we know that we can get there. And we know that we can get through anything because of who Christ has made us to be together. Yep. And so I think together, maybe we can. Yeah. But apart, Definitely not. Yes. It's the best option. It is the best option to figure out where we're being called to and then keeping our eyes on the race and that struggle that is in us to become more and more like God and more and more like the kingdom of God, this place of justice and joy and peace and love. Where everybody's baby is loved. Where everybody's baby is loved. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In Podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've been discussing, Shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at Sunday Morning Sleepin or at sundaymorningsleepin.com. Let your friends know that we're available on a whole bunch of different platforms that this podcast is and, and uh, direct them to your favorite. The scripture for this podcast was Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, and you heard it in the message version, paraphrase, and the theme music you heard is Take Me Higher by Jasmine. It's traditional at the end of a worship service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation. Uh, something to encourage you to shoot adrenaline into your souls. Oh, oh, so yes. that as you go back out through the gate and back out into the world, into your own personal struggle, uh, you will be grounded and blessed. But the God of all creation, who invented races and Harry Potter. Well, I think J.K. Rowling invented Harry uh, Potter. Invented J.K. Rowling. Maybe? But definitely invented J.K. Rowling. The God who invented ice cream and all of the beautiful things in the world that we love thought the world needed one of you too. 
So the question is, whatever you believe about this race that you're on, this journey that you're on, how will you choose to live into your own skin this week? Every day, every moment, how will you struggle? And I hope that you will struggle and not be complacent. How will you love? How will you listen? How will you serve? How will you seek justice? Maybe you slept in, but now it's time to wake up and get moving. You're not running alone. Amen. Amen.